love you. Gentlefolk, ladies and men, you have tuned in to an exciting episode about the will of God mm, and yes, the end of that. times. So sit back, strap in or strap on, and enjoy. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. Yes, and I am Reverend Faceless Leon. Yes. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to Green and Faces on the Couch, where we talk serious matters of theology, religiosity, mm. Mm. And, Amen. and damnation. Preach. Preach. This is a podcast about movies and TV, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're talking about uh, Left Behind, and oh you know, God. just to save you from your confusion... This is the movie that came out in 2019 that stars Nick Cage, because this is the Nick Cage playlist, so hopefully you're not confused. What's that? 2000, 2014. What did I say? 2019. Yep. Not that one. <laughs> so, oh, man. I, I bet they have remade it, too. They probably did. <laughs> oh, they probably have. Not. Yeah, not. they have. It, there's what? a 2016 movie. Oh, my God. Uh, well, man. it has a subtitle, but I don't think it's. it can't be related to this movie. There's just absolutely no way it's related to this movie. But they're not, this isn't the first time that this novel has been adapted into a movie. So, back in 2000... Uh, there was a Canadian-American version that was straight to DVD, straight to video, excuse me, and mm. then had a, a theatrical release after that. And I can tell you full-heartedly, I haven't watched it since I was seven, it's better than this movie. I'm sorry oh, to yeah. give my closing statement up front. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, everything's better than this movie. If you don't know, if you've never heard of Left Behind... This is the era of Nick Cage where he was in a lot of garbage. You know, it's kind of like uh, the 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 dark ages of his film career when he was just, yeah. you know, I don't know what he was doing. He was just doing everything. He was just making money. And yeah, he was just making money, man. He was just doing what he wanted to do. But Left Behind is this big religious fantasy series of like 13, 14 novels. Something like that. Yeah, I own them all. I have a very proud library, over a thousand, maybe a thousand five hundred books now. And, you know, I need some good comedy in my library, so I had to have <laughs> this entire collection. And I'm sorry, that's what it is. It is comedy. It is it is a, a massive reimagination of Rev the Book of Revelations, of, of the end of times, of the rapture happening, all the good yeah. people in the world are taken up to heaven, and all the sinners are left on earth. And hell's about to happen. There's, you know, there's supposed to be an antichrist coming. Mm. All this fun, good, good, exciting shit about the end of the world. The only argument I have is, and and I don't mean this meanly, but if if there were to be a rapture, if 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 all the like the 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 deeply devout were to be taken, yeah, man, I can't imagine a more peaceful place on the world. <laughs> Like, there's there's so many times where people are fighting and it's over religion. A lot of wars are over religion or boundaries. That's true. And it's just like, That's true. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying uh, that all religious people are mean. I'm just saying that I, I feel like if it was just a planet left of atheists, I, 
I don't know. We might get shit done. Well, okay, so, you know, some of those people were atheists. They just weren't true believers. They thought that they believed it. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, well, well let's, what, let's go ahead and talk about the Reverend at the very end of the movie who barely says anything, who was a main character in the other movie. Oh, I do remember him. <laughs> I do remember him now, actually. I do. The daughter goes and visits him, right? Yes, Pastor Bruce Barnes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> the other daughter's played uh, played by Cassie Thompson. Her name is Chloe Steele. Uh, daughter Chloe two, Steele. of course, Rayford Steele, Nick Cage's character, the yep. pilot, the pilot of the plane. So Ta-da. this is Pastor Bruce Barnes, Lance E. Nicholas. So uh, this is the first time I watched this movie. This version of this story. Oh man, and and That's I was great. like, when are they going to bring in Bruce Barnes? They've talked about him like six times. When are they going to bring him in? And they bring him in for like a half a minute scene at the very end of the movie. And I swear to God, yep. he was like a main character in the other movie. I think so. I mean, he's credited as the the seventh person out of like twenty eight on Wikipedia. So like yeah. Wikipedia thinks he's important. He's the top the top three percent. That's not it. The top thirty percent. Man, it's sad. It, I mean, this whole movie is sad. But like, before we get into it, <coughs> I wanted to take two two little uh, two little trails down the rabbit hole here. First off, this movie holds a very proud zero percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> uh, I, I clicked on that before we started recording and was very happy to see that of the history of cinema. Only 43 films have managed that <laughs> that beautiful achievement of having a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. This is a 0% uh, critics rating. Um, right. The audience, the audience at the very least, has given uh, Left Behind a 2% review. So, that, you know, it's a little better. It's a little better. 2% 2, 2% yeah. of people out there who are the audience members like this, this film. Uh, it's probably just Nick Cage and his own family. <laughs> I wanted to look through here. Though. I, d- I just wanted to quickly, quickly look through and see if I recognize any of these other zero percent films. There's Jaws: The Revenge, uh, Jaws okay. number four. That's the one with uh, that's the one with Michael Caine, where he famously said in a uh, interview, somebody asked him, "Have you seen Jaws: Revenge?" And he was just like, "I saw the house you bought me." Uh, that's a very <laughs> bad Michael Caine, but <laughs> I don't recognize any other. There's the National Lampoon's Gold Diggers. Uh, I've never, never seen it. Oh my god! I mean, I just know, I know National Lampoons. Max Steel. That sounds familiar. Max Steel. Yeah, that was uh, like a kid thing, right? Yeah, that came out recently. Yeah, six years ago. Yeah, I don't recognize any of these other films. So that was that was one fun rabbit trail I wanted to just like quickly shoot down just to see if uh, see what kind of competition Left Behind was holding up against. Yeah, the other one will bring us into the plot synopsis. I mean, we've already kind of talked the plot synopsis, but uh, a deeper look into it. I mean, we we mentioned that the rapture happened, and we're focused on the the people left right. behind, as sure. the title implies. That is that is the concept. Um, that is like the the pitch when they're pitching right. in, the, in the room. I, I wanted to lead into the the synopsis with with the movie with the with a quick dive into the book synopsis. Oh, go ahead. Um, yes, this will be good. Yeah, on Wikipedia, there are, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's nine paragraphs. A couple of those paragraphs are just one or two lines, but 
that's the synopsis for this. It's very, you know, about ten, about ten long paragraphs. <laughs> I keep changing the number on it. But anyways, it, it starts off with, The story begins with Cameron Buck Williams, who in the, this movie is played by Chad Michael Murray. Uh, a renowned journalist having right. recently survived an attempted invasion of Israel on board a plane piloted by Rayford Steele, our Nick Cage hero, en route to London. Sen- suddenly, several passengers disappear without a trace. Upon being notified by flight attendant Hattie Durham, Steele contacts another pilot, only to learn that the disappearances have been reported around the world. Steele lands the plane in Chicago, which has descended into anarchy and chaos. He rushes home. Blah, 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 blah. So, by the beginning of paragraph two, Steele landed the plane in Chicago. (laughs) Now, Blake, will you tell us what happens in the movie? (laughs) So, uh, they... They're running out of fuel. Constantly. (laughs) So, okay, so... (laughs) The plane, you know, the people, they evaporate, right? Or whatever happens. They rapture. The rapture happens, and they're gone. Then, you know, they're still in this plane, but they can't get a hold of nobody because they're like, it's just happening in the plane. But really, it's happening all over the place. Yeah. uh, Even Chloe's like, oh, this has to be just happening as her little brother just evaporates out of her arms. And she still thinks that somebody took her, took him. I mean, hell, I mean, you know, maybe maybe he ran away, you know, got away from the person who kidnapped him. Maybe he got back home. She has to check home. She was holding on to her, Greeny. On to him. Why do I keep... Okay, Raimi. <laughs> Raimi Steele, played by Major Dodson. I'm sorry for misgendering you. But she Major. was holding on to him, and he disappeared. And then she questioned that he was kidnapped. It was amazing I, uh, I'm sure, uh, effects, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of... Yeah, all the, like, quick jump cuts. Yeah. It was nice. I kind of looked away each time it happened. I'll be honest. <laughs> it was bad. It was like it was literally like uh, it, it wasn't terrible, but like you could definitely see that it was like a different take. But like they did a decent yeah. job at at matching you know bodies and everything. So like you know her body was in the same position when the 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 take switched and she was no longer holding a human. She was just holding clothes. And yeah. There's also like a flash of white light to kind of like fool your eye into thinking everything's in the right position so that you're not like actually sure if everything was in the right position. Like, you know, they, they, right. they cut it with a big bright flash of white so that your your whole mind is wiped from the original image. So still has you know, his they, clothes, they, but he must have been taken by somebody. He must be I, taken. I mean, okay, yeah. obviously she's in like shock or whatever. Uh people right. don't just vanish. Most of the time. I mean, but, especially when it happened to a lot of people about her. Like, it wasn't just right. her her brother. Right. And, you know, there's also, like, a lot of people around her who who just disappear. And, and I, I don't know. I Maybe it's just because my perception is is uh, shifted. I, but I can't tell if this film is, is biased in the percentage of how many people they think are Christian. I, Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's, there's just a lot of people uh, who disappear. But right, 
Yeah, it's it, if it if it, well if this film were to happen now, if it were to happen in 2022, I'm sure the number would be a lot lower because I think yeah. even the most devout got quite angry and sinful during the pandemics. Oh, uh, uh, so oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm just saying. I think that I think everybody being quarantined made made people a little more riled up to this where even true. the most like devout person, you know, just from being locked in for right. so long once they finally got out i'm sure they committed some kind of sin you know and it's just yeah, like well, we're all edgy you know? yeah yeah i mean i'm, I'm sure in, in all the time there are many who have atoned but i think the numbers would be much lower than if this film were to take place today <laughs> and also that's another part of it is like you said like atonement like i don't know that that kind of teaching is different and in each of the different sects of the religion. Right, right. And, like, one thing that makes me mad about this story is that there's this uh, Muslim character. I can't remember his name, but he's one of the plane passengers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't get taken in the rapture, but yet he is very clearly a devout person. And it's like, come on. And, and, like, I know they're doing, like, the Christian rapture thing, but... Right. I don't know. That is that is my whole problem with religion, is, is that we're the only true religion part of it, which yeah, a lot of religions have. So few have. open. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's... My, my big problem is it, it teaches you to be closed-minded in that yeah. regard. And, yeah, it's just... It, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I just want everybody to be accepted. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. I'm just like... I want to accept you, but you have to accept everyone else. That's what I yes. want. <laughs> like, yeah, when you're, when you're, when you're persecuting against other people, it makes it really hard for me to want to accept you as, as a person right. and, and that's surrounding me. Now, I guess it, it could be argued and I'm not arguing it, but I'm just mentioning that it could be argued that the, the Muslim man, while he was devout, he did have his own sins because he was he was True. quite rude to some of the other passengers at times. But he was also one of the least rude people on that plane. He was one of so. the least rude people, and he was rudest to Melvin Weir, played by Martin Klebla. And I do apologize because I think I said your name wrong. But Melvin uh, Martin Kleba uh, or Kleba, I don't know, but uh, he's yeah, from, he's from uh, prior to the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. Yes, yeah, yeah. and he. And he is a little person, and part of that is played so hard for his character. Like he's just so angry at everybody because they, you know, they're they're constantly giving him glances, offering him right. help, and you know, like I get that, but they definitely mm. just use it as a character trope for him. So yeah, I, I feel that. Melvin is not very good representation, especially also no. because he's very rude. He, he, man, I yeah, wish really I knew what him. the character's name was, but the Muslim character, Hasid, I found it. Hasid, played by Alec Ramey, but not the Ramey that's the character in the story. Yeah, or the, uh, or the, um, the, the director, not Sam Ramey. Not Sam Raimi either, Alec Raimi. Um, so he's very rude to uh, Hassad, and I feel like this movie, like time-wise, is far enough removed away from 
9-11 for all the Islamophobia, but yeah. <clears throat> Melvin is really throwing it on there for this. For this. Right. And, and it's also, even though it's still far away from 9-11, like, Chad Michael Murray just, like, walked up to the cockpit, no trouble, and it's just like, hey, bro, right? I know you're the pilot. I got your I got your uh, your tickets here to go see you two with your, your the, with the flight attendant you're banging back there, even though you're right. married, whatever. Jeez. But though Nikki uh, Whalen plays Hattie Durham, mm-hmm. the the flight attendant, and uh, I mean she she I honestly I'm gonna say f- she did a pretty good job. Yeah, her and her and uh, Chad Michael Murray were like the only two. I mean, Nick Nick Cage is hilarious to watch, but he's not doing uh, a very Nick Cage performance he's in this not, one. No, he's not doing like his top form, but he's just doing the job. I'm not gonna say that he did a bad job either because there's this is there's nothing to this script. They are in a plane for an hour and a half for no reason. That's not the story. <laughs> That's not the story that was in the book. They're well, on the plane for the whole fucking movie. Yeah. For yeah. the whole movie. And they when they land the plane, uh, the only mean thing that Hasid does is kick Melvin off the plane, which is yeah. very rude, obviously. <laughs> Yeah. Not not really. It's not really. It's like so awful that it's funny. Like it was it was done to be funny, but it mm-hmm. wasn't funny and it was funny because they were trying to be funny. And I I <laughs> I know what you're saying. I, I just can't achieved, believe it. They achieved laughter but not in the right way. <laughs> yeah, no. No. Yeah. And, and like, if I think about it correctly, I think there's only like two or three scenes where Nick Cage is not in the cockpit. So I think like all of his filming takes place just yeah. in that one spot. So that's convenient for him. You know, he probably only <laughs> had to do one or two days of filming. That's true. He he's also like the coolest pilot. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody <laughs> the knows him. Everybody pilot loves him. That there is. He's, he's the so only one wearing aviators, which I find to be unrealistic. <laughs> personally, let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> I like also uh, he like the movie starts off with him like delivering a, a hilarious joke to one of the flight attendants and like she laughs uproariously. She's like, oh, my God, that's so funny. And then the other one, the other flight attendant yeah. there is just like, oh, my God, Mr. Like uh, Steel, I can't believe you would make that joke. Like, geez. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She's the religious one. Yeah. She which we find out we did not know until the rapture happened. Right. She had a and cross on. I say and then, but going back to the beginning of the movie, um, Chloe is coming home to su- surprise her father for uh, his birthday. Right. And he decided to take a call in from work, but really it's to go have an affair with Hattie. Right. They haven't had an affair yet. Girlfriends over daughters. Girlfriends over daughters. Um. Well, also, you know, after he find out his daughter is in town uh, and he's there at the airport to fly the plane away, it might be pretty hard for him to say, hey, boss, my daughter's here. I'm not well, flying that plane. But I think they mentioned like eight times, though, that that he knew in advance that she was going to be there and he still took the, the flight. Oh, yeah. Because that's why he calls oh, her. I like, kept on thinking he didn't really know. Yeah, I, I think he did because that's like when, when the rapture happens and when they finally get a cell phone signal, which is hilarious also, by the way, because, you know, I don't know how many times I've been on an airplane. I haven't been in a long time and I'm sure this has gone away. Yeah. 
But I don't know about 2000. I feel like 2014, they're probably still telling you to turn the, you know, turn your phones off <laughs> before, you know, mid flight, well, you're fine. I know, like, I, I'm sure it's fine mid flight, but it's hilarious that this whole movie is about them trying to find signal while they're in their airplane. Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> so <laughs> losing it. This man. also might have actually been explained in this movie. They, he, uh, being Rayford and Buck, Nicholas and Chad's character mm. have sat phones. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. different. You're right. Okay. That's right. This movie outsmarted you. You're right. How it's you still a hilarious message, though, of like, <laughs> you know, of constantly just needing your cell phone signal while on a full airplane. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It. It is. It kind of feels a little early for that, but whatever. Oh, sorry. When they, when they finally do get through, though, he, he like, immediately calls Chloe, and he's just like, I'm so sorry, I should have stayed, I wasn't, you know, I, I love you, I wasn't, I was just trying to get away from your mother, like, she's a bitch, but, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but she's not, really. She's just, okay, so her, the mother of the family, Irene Steele, played by Leah Thompson, she, was she in this movie? Uh, has recently, huh? She was actually in this movie. She had she had a scene with Chloe at least, maybe two. There was nope, there wasn't a scene. He Nicholas never talks to Leah. That's for damn sure. In the whole length of the movie, that does not happen. But <laughs> Irene has recently accepted Jesus into her heart. And, you know, it's become very important to her. Right. And Rayford is like, I, I ain't about it. So it, he's not that mean about it, but he's also no. going to go have an affair because uh, he feels like he's married to a different wo- woman than he used to be. But Chloe right. really is kind of against it. Oh, I just realized that it was it's Cassie Thompson and Leah Thompson. And I was almost like, oh, wow, they're, they're related. And it's, no. <laughs> no pee. No. No pee in Cassie's name. So, <laughs> Chloe's, you know, gone off to uh, college, gotten brainwashed. She's, you know, she, she can't accept that people uh, could believe in a god uh, because... Why would he do all the horrible things that right. have been done or let happen all the horrible things? That Classic excuses. Classic excuse. And so she just wants to argue with her mom about it when her mom, you know, just wants to talk to her about it, which I get. Do. It's what you do. It can be frustrating and uh, annoying when a faithful person comes to you and tries to evangelize to you but you know in my opinion just just sit there have a friendly conversation about about it be honest about your feelings without being hurtful you can do it if they keep on being pushy you can say hey i don't really want to talk about this anymore i say you retreat i feel like i said my piece what i say you retreat you cower in a corner and you tell them to go away while swatting at him with a fly swatter (laughs) go (laughs) Get out of here! I want to hear about your god. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, large thunder and lightning outside my apartment. It's getting exciting here, folks. Ooh. God's not liking the fact that we're dissing on this movie. 
I know. He's going to get us. Oh, well, you, we'll see uh, if our episode, our potato pick, comes out on May. Uh, <laughs> on Thursday here. Right. <laughs> Maybe it'll smite us down. Your podcast is no more. You know what I was really sad about? <laughs> How was, dare you? I was really sad that this movie didn't have anything to do with the Antichrist. Because I've read, yeah, I've read the whole series. I read all yeah. of the books. You know, I I found them very fascinating, and I'm sorry, I did find them very funny, and that's what got me through it. Was I, I found it very that's, hilarious? It was very entertaining, uh, and uh, my favorite character, though, I gotta say, I'm intrigued. Yeah, my my favorite character was the the was the Antichrist. He was just fascinating i was just like yes he's good in that movie in the movie i saw he was really good yeah i, I actually he's not in this movie see that's the thing is i i've seen the other movie i don't remember it but i remember him that's it i just remember yeah. him in it he was slick oh yeah smooth he's like the devil but a human <gasps> i don't know i'm ready that's, to... that is that the definition <laughs> I'm ready to All do right. closing statements if you are with this film. Yeah, let's do it. Let's be done with Left Behind. I absolutely uh, love it. We'll be back with uh, Vanishes Left Behind. I think that's what they titled the next installment. Nope, we're not watching it. <laughs> nope. I'm hoping it has nothing to do. Uh, it was. Uh, I have it here. Hold on a second. It was... Um, it is a. It was intended to be another start, a, a new film drawing inspiration from the Twilight Saga, if you'll believe it, trying to market itself for a younger what? audience. It was called Vanished, Left Behind, Next Generation. All one. It was Vanished hyphen Left Behind semicolons or just colons Next Generation. That was this its is title. one movie. That was that was the next movie. That was that was its title. It was Vanished, Left Behind, Next Generation. Came out in 2016. If you would like to watch, uh, ha- listen to us complain about watching that movie, then you should go to Patreon.com/slash Green or Faceless. It's the only way we're watching and, it. Uh, you know, yeah, become a real couch potato. Uh, send us five dollars a month. We'd enjoy that and. In turn, you can make suggestions on what we watch for the Potato Pick, which is coming out this Thursday. Exactly, and that's that's the only way we'll be watching that film, is if you subscribe to uh, to our Patreon, if you if you help us out and recommend it as a Patreon pick, and it gets voted on, it's got to get voted on. It also got to get voted on. That's true. And if you just want to <laughs> vote on the movies for the Potato Pick, if you're like, man, I don't have any good ideas. But I also hate what they're choosing. Then That's you true. can pay only two dollars. That's a quarter of a show for a vote. Okay, you want to finish your closing statement? Yeah, yeah. I absolutely love this film. I think it is phenomenal. It was great fun. I was laughing throughout. the The effects are so bad. Like this is a perfect bad film. Like this is this is up there with the room for me because it was so fucking funny. The acting is so wooden. Like the dialogue is awful yeah. there's a scene where they're in the mall and you it was very clear that the filmmaker probably wasn't supposed to be in there filming because there were some faces that were kind of blurred out or like uh used out of focus and then there the 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 audio 
was terrible. It was muted as fuck. Uh-huh. It was like they had one, they probably had like one on the body mic and that was it. And they were just like, all right, we're going to hope that picks up the kid too because we don't have another mic that, you know, we can't, we can't carry a boom mic in here. It's terrible. It's just, yeah. it's so bad. And then, and then the daughter for like a solid hour of this film is useless. She just, Chloe just w- wanders around the entire city you know, yep. going from like place to place, just looking up, at like, what the fuck? And like, you know, then like a, a vehicle will come crashing through a building and like they try to like make it very uh, action and exciting. Like, oh my God, she's going to die. Yeah. Okay, she's fine. <laughs> <clears throat> and it like this takes place over the whole movie pretty much yeah. that she does this. Yeah. And she never stops. People, okay, if people, if, if however many percentage of the population just disappears, those cars that are going to crash and stuff because they don't have a driver anymore, they would have crashed yeah. by the hour mark no, you of just, the movie. You just reminded me of another thing that really pissed me off, too. Is, is, and I, again, yeah. I have an explanation for it, but it still pisses me off. When They're about maybe an hour into the movie, like you said, when Nick Cage's plane comes upon another plane set right in their trajectory. It's coming yeah. right at them. And, and Nick Nick raises up trying to get out of it, and they hit the plane, you know, and it, that's when they start having fuel issues. Yeah. It's like, that just destroyed us, you know? Right. And it pisses me off because, as you just said, that plane would have gone down by now. Now, the argument is they could have set it on autopilot. Well, I'm not so sure the plane – yeah, I'm not so sure the plane would have went on, down by now. Yeah. But I, they knew about that plane long enough in advance to get out of the way of it. That's for damn sure. Yeah, definitely. They definitely knew about the plane to get out of the way. The fact that he raises up a thousand feet and still hits it is hilarious. Like, I mean, you could have just kept going down, I guess. Maybe you wouldn't have hit it then. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And then, and then also it's just like, I get, I get to have autopilots, but I still feel like the likelihood of it being right in their trajectory or that it, like the autopilot hadn't disengaged and the plane had just gone down is slim. Very slim. It was dumb. It was like the most dumb, hilarious, like, we need something here. We need to up the ante. We cannot land this plane yet. <laughs> like, yeah, we can't land this plane yet. It's so funny. I feel it's like, like, I feel, it, okay, did Nick help produce this movie? I don't, I don't think, think so. Did. No, it's, no, he did not. I, I, I do want to mention that the, uh, the, the director is Vic Armstrong, who Wikipedia assures me. Hold on, I'm going to make sure I get the wording of this right. He is the world's most prolific stunt double, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh. <laughs> Vic Monroe yeah. Armstrong. I love it. All right, Vic. It's fabulous. All right, Vic. That actually just helps me talk about what I wanted to say more. Go ahead, rate this thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not giving it a 0%. I'm, I, I think it is hilarious. I had a very fun time. I was in the right mood, like the right level of inebriation to find this movie uh-huh. a fucking riot of entertainment. And therefore, I give it one and a half stars. That's fair. Yeah. It gets a half a face. This is not, this is barely watchable, if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> I did think that parts were funny. It was worth watching once. I think I would rather watch The Room over this. I Oh, definitely, definitely. I would definitely rather watch The Room over this. I'm just saying that this is this is pretty close to, like, you know, it's it's, it's like two tiers, a couple is rungs it? below or above. 
<laughs> I think I think what it is is that I have more fun laughing at the room than I do at this because this is just dull, really. Yeah, I'm just. And what I was gonna say about the airplane is that I feel like Rob is like, excuse me, Rick, Vic. It's Vic, Vic. the director. Yeah, Vic Armstrong. I feel like oh oh I got Nick Cage. I got Nick Cage. I gotta focus on Nick Cage. Well, I like stunts. Yeah. <laughs> I sure do like me some stunts. I'm just gonna make this about the plane. This is gonna be all about the plane. It's gonna be great. We're gonna dodge another plane. And we're not gonna be able to land, because how can yeah. they land if no one's there to tell them where to land? We're gonna shear off their fucking landing gear with the freaking telephone wires. Woohoo! Why not? Why not? Dude. We're gonna the 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 scene of the daughter set an explosion in the middle of Chicago. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Why not? And the scene of of the daughter of Chloe uh, clearing them a runway is phenomenal. It's just like <laughs> it's just a lot of K turns and then the truck just pushing yep. over some barricades. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> it also took her forever to find a vehicle. Yeah. That yeah. she could get into. She had to find a, a perfect truck, and I think there was product placement. I'm pretty sure they did, like, focus on the, the make and model of it. I can't remember. I do think they did. Yeah, I do recall that, I think. But maybe that was another bad movie. Well, I think <laughs> that's the end of our show. It is, man. Honestly, yes. uh, I know I've been very rude to, to religious people in this episode, just because it's a religious movie, and it's funny. And it's a, it's just a bad film in that regard, uh, but you know there there's a lot to faith, and believe what you want. Have a merry day. I hope I did not offend too badly. It was all in jest, all in fun, uh, fun of this movie, and jest of this movie, jest of this movie. Yeah, with that, yeah. I am the green yeah. traveler um, from Gorsh, and I am the face of Sleon. I have uh, one more question that I meant to ask you the whole episode. At what point did you feel? left behind <laughs> uh i don't think it ever. was before they got on the plane for me no i i was i, I was riveted they... i love chad michael murray talking to chloe scott uh <laughs> chloe Steele in the in the airport i thought that was hilarious they meet they talk for five seconds he's very suave they talk for like 30 30 yeah. seconds to a minute and he's so he's so suave and adorable and she's all over it and then and then he walks away but sits at the very next table to her while she's having a conversation with her dad. Yeah, and he eavesdrops on all of it. And afterwards, when he when she reveal or when she sees that he was just sitting a table away and heard everything, yeah, she's of course gonna sit with him. He's cute. He's suave. He's adorable. Yeah. They kiss. Yeah, they kiss within like twenty minutes of knowing each other. She tells him her whole life story, and it gets on an airplane yeah. and flies away. It's pretty crazy. It's a tragedy. It's pretty crazy. They just met. I mean, she knows him because of the news. It's gross. Whatever. That's the show. It's not gross. It's beautiful. Safe. <laughs> Don't buy this movie. Safe travels and good night. <laughs> Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe, or rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.